Hey everyone, this is Christy, Soul Magazine's assistant editor, and welcome to episode 59 of In the Spray Room, our podcast where we talk to some of the best and brightest artists working on the streets today. For our daily online content, check us out on soulmagny.com, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at soulmag. And In the Spray Room can now be found on all major podcast platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and through Amazon Alexa. Today's crew consists of myself, Bike Girl, Hello, and Brooklyn's own Big Ronnie. Hello, everybody. Before we introduce today's very special guests, Big Ronnie, tell us what's going on. Well, this is a digital update, Christy. We're going to be talking about how we're handling fundraising, crowdsourcing, and other things that Sold is going to be selling. We're going to be driving interest and people towards our Patreon page, which is set up and has some nice bonuses on there for uh, podcast uh, exclusive content. Uh, we're going to be staying after our artist interviews and recording a little what's going on on the street, who's painting, what festivals are coming up, who's in town, how things went with the uh, latest articles and interviews and things like that. And that's going to be exclusive for Patreon contributors. So that's going to be a little bit of a change from the way we normally do it with just the top of the podcast is a nice little update of what's going on. So look for changes there. Look for some updates from the team. But we do want to throw one update out. We want to talk about the brunch on September 15th that Sold is co-sponsoring with uh, Brooklyn BK Firefly. Caves is spot. We're going to be doing a series of art and music lunches and brunches there on Sundays. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm so excited because from what I'm reading, one of our first guests is Paid. Paid is uh, not only we're going to interview him, we chatted with him uh, a couple of times now, but we want to talk with him while he's live painting. Exactly. He's going to be live painting and making signs. And the type of work that everybody knows he does, you know, it's, it's, it's big boy calligraphy style, pa- hand painted signs, real paint brushes and things like that. And I want to see if he's ticklish while he works. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But that's Sunday the 15th. And please come on out. Uh, they have a nice big spot, and if the weather's nice, I'm sure they'll open the outdoors, so no need to RSVP, but come on out, and uh, let's have some fun. There will be a DJ going, right? Is a DJ confirmed that day, I think? Uh, so it'll be a nice little interview, and then a DJ spot, and an interview, and live painting, and tickle paid, and all that. Let's get to our current guests. <laughs> We have an entourage with us today, ladies and gentlemen, for you. Uh, little Ricky, welcome. Hey guys. And you uh, th- uh, blessed us by bringing Dusty Rebel with you today. Sure did. Hello. Now, uh, can't wait to talk about uh, your involvement with Dusty and things like that, but we'll get to that. Let's, 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 let's tell the pink sheep story first, if Uh-oh. we can. Um, like how it started? Sure. Sure. We so, love origin well, stories. Well, it started reading, uh, I was reading an Alexander McQueen biography, and in the intro, he referenced himself as a pink sheep, and that was it. I didn't know what it was going to, I didn't know what I was going to be doing. I didn't know I was going to be creating characters or anything like that. So, um, I knew that when it happened, it was, um, just gigantic. I knew it was like the, the big turning point in my life. And even right now that I just said I got the chills because it, it was really that that impactful, 
and um, that was it. I bought a toy. I started dueling with little sheep. I didn't know what I was doing, and um, eventually, as the doodles took off, the shape took form, and that little shape um, kind of, you can see it. It's changed a little bit from what it is now, but you can still see the 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 trace of what it was and I knew when I found that shape I wasn't looking for a shape but it felt familiar and I knew that from there it was just character I, I bought a bigger sketchbook and then um I started just doodling characters and from there it just took off that was it so why the fashion connection um, I mean, obviously you said you're reading the biography of yeah. Alexander McQueen but for people that might not know your work mm-hmm. Um, it's very much in the fashion world. Yeah, especially right now with Anna Winter. I exactly. mean, that's all it is. But um, initially, the fashion reference just happened that I happened to be reading a book on fashion um, that originally actually even started with just kids from, with Patti Smith and Maplethorpe because that, that <laughs> book actually hooked me on reading biographies. I haven't read like a fiction book in years just because it's all biographies. And so... Um, yeah, the end of winter now is just all fashion, but that'll come to an end at the end of the year, and it'll be something else next year in some way. So year? What? So do you set? I mean, do you set like a time limit? Yeah, I, I think three years ago, four years ago, I started doing my first year-long project, which is what I was putting um, little jars out on the street with uh, stickers, things found, a dollar, a penny. And then from there, I did a layer series in 2017 that was um, just putting a layer every day of paint, stickers, anything. And that resulted in like 12 large-scale pieces. From there, I did my dream project last year. And I chronicled my dreams for 365 days. And that resulted in 12 large-scale pieces. And I'm doing the same thing this year, a little differently. But um, I realized that working with a year project is very good for my brain like it keeps me focused it keeps i put up i end up creating a lot of work from it um and now i've also promised myself to keep um a journal like at one like i have like eight books now from a couple years ago and i think that in itself eventually those books might become something just magical in themselves so you wake up every day and you write down what you dreamed last night i don't to some extent but now i've learned um my brain has learned to capture things in the dream that so when i wake up i already know what i'm going to paint so i don't even have to like think it's all coming through the dreams in some way it could be a word sometimes the word itself can um inspire me to just even i I could just even write the word like if i whatever the word may be i could just write that down so next year i want to keep i think i might stick with the dreams like actually continue that and incorporate it into um whatever story i want to tell next year and i think next year's going to be family i want to focus on this idea of family Hmm. and somehow incorporate family into my dreams i don't overthink anything so like with that i know at some point this family thing i know it's there the seeds there so at some point within the next couple of months something will say this is what you do so i feel lucky that way that i get to create very organically so pink sheep understand it was more of an embodiment of what you could put your work into mm-hmm. it was a short explanation yeah right a bigger explain yeah the, i guess the when i read that quote in the book it was the 
he was in the black sheep. He was the pink sheep. And I knew that it had a reference to him being uh, gay. So, but in that, there was that, the idea that he was different from something that was already different. Mm-hmm. And for me, as I age, um, being different has become like the greatest thing in my life. Where I feel like as I get older, being different is, I feel more different every day. Which is a good thing. It's like looking at difference as a good thing as opposed to a, a negative thing. Because we're all different, all of us, each one of us. And it's honoring that. So the, the, the sheep now to me has become, it's no longer necessarily just about a gay sheep. It's about all of us, that each one of us is uniquely different. And the soul of the, the art is that. So uh, you feel like you don't have to be gay or queer to to relate to the sheep. Anyone can yeah, can say, relate to it. Yeah, like now I feel like even though it's it's my not my color, but mm-hmm. I feel like that that's what it's I've learned that it symbolizes now is just all of us, mm-hmm. regardless of anything. I have another question. So you're born and raised in LA. Yes. Uh, you're in New York now. What's the difference? Would you say um, between the streets in LA? in New York as opposed to putting your art out there do you get different reactions here in New York do you get um, better reaction in th- LA or New York I when I, I used to live here many in the 90s mm-hmm. and when I one of the things of moving back to LA was that I you worked I, in the textile industry here? I worked as a decorative artist okay. and I learned a lot of little things that had nothing to do with what I'm doing but in some way when you're doing anything creative anything it creative, all yeah. somehow ties into my collage work that I do because I learned how to It's all part of the process Yeah mm-hmm. Everything Since I was a kid I could look at it, little things that I did Teaching techniques and your things that you can translate into the work you do now Yeah, yeah so when I moved to L.A., I knew that I wanted to incorporate walking into my life mm-hmm. um, the way I did it when I was here and in San Francisco and I learned that there it's a little harder because people don't walk in L.A. And for me, my art is very pedestrian. Mm-hmm. Um, it's getting bigger, the sizes, but it's still for pedestrians because walking is a passion just like my art. So I walk just So you need much. to get up close to it. Kind of, yeah. yeah. You could walk by it in L.A. and it's different. Mm-hmm. In New York, I used to think that it would get lost, but it kind of doesn't because people do walk here. Mm-hmm. And they, if they stop to see it, it's there. Well, mm-hmm. and you do use some really bright, attention-seeking colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the I pink I mean, that is... pink pops from a block away. Yeah. Your work yeah. doesn't get lost. <laughs> I, always, I feel like at some... I mean, it's only been like seven years of doing it, but I feel like... Uh, I know a lot of artists use pink, but I feel like it's, it's no, my no, color. No, you're using a fluorescent... <laughs> I don't know another artist that uses quite as bright a pink. Yeah. In catches, I mean that that when you have the tear offs. Yeah. Like the new one that you put outside yeah, like of Freeman Florida Alley. Thing. Yeah. I saw that across on the Cobra Wall. Yeah. I could see the edge of pink because it was yeah. blowing yeah. up. That pink was good. I mean, when I first started, I started using a poster board that I would just glue because I didn't know how to do any kind of form of street art, so I was just gluing them with glue sticks. And they were easy to peel off, so people were taking them. <laughs> you can take them with the stickers, too. Like, I don't mind if people take my stickers. No, I like, remember uh, when they uh, used like, to be on them. poster board. Yeah. yeah. It was poster board was kind of... I like that I started that way. It was kind of cool. It's a good thing. What made you start uh, with the, the messages to, to God? Uh, that started, like, God, four years ago. Um, in some weird way, that's a whole other story, but it still ties into it. But um, I, I've had my challenges with religion, growing up Catholic and stuff. But um, 
at some point, I think it was after like the Paris bombings, mm-hmm. and there was this idea of of pray for Paris. Like that that coin that phrase came up, and it kind of bothered me. I'm like, why pray for Paris? Why not pray for all of us, including the terrorists? Um, like, there's this idea of how we get so we're all in this together, regardless of getting back to our differences. And for some reason, that and seeing a lot of the homeless that I was seeing in LA with their their cardboard signs, I was like, let me create signs where I would ask God a question, and it just took off. I mean, it's endless. Like I could ask him a question or give him a thought process of something in my head at any time. Um, but yeah, I, and I, like, I created those on cardboard too because I, I wanted people to feel like if it bothered them that they could remove it. Hmm. So like almost being thoughtful even to the person who would be a, who would object to it. I've seen them ripped up and stuff. So uh, that's why I don't stencil them. I don't paste them up. I put them on post-its too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's easily take it if you, if it bothers you, you know, cause once I put anything on in the street, I it's for me, it's a done deal. It's no longer mine. So if it gets trashed, if it gets uh, stolen, like that's pretty whatever, much the only it, attitude you can have if you don't want to be like yeah. emotional basket. Yeah. Case. I, I, I really, yeah. Like I, <laughs> I really do like, um, let go of it. And if, I mean, I, there I, are, there's some artists that are so overly controlling of their pieces once they go on the street and they either don't last or they really are emotional basket cases. Yeah. I've seen them on the street sometimes where I could tell somebody ripped it off or just or so the city peeled it off and I just walk by it and I'm like, it's not mine anymore. So I don't pick it up to try to put it back. It's there. It's that's where it ended. <laughs> Have you seen that your pieces get like ruined or defaced because they don't want to or they don't agree with like this one? God, will I still be gay in heaven? Yeah, I feel like the God pieces are the ones that get trashed the most just because it's religious and based. And I think the word I knew that when I started the God series that the word God specifically, Mm -hmm. just anybody seeing it would it triggers something Mm. in us, whether we're religious or yeah, Yeah. in, in any format. And um, so I see those those the most uh, like ripped up or just mm-hmm. thrown on the side, which I wish like people were taking them like mm-hmm. this is like you can hang this or frame these because they're in cardboard and they're painted. So um, but the, the, the sheep, not so not so much. And I don't know if that's because my they're not overtly uh, political and stuff. But. Yeah. Where do you where do you source your uh, your materials for the the mixed media pieces that you do like the collage stuff or mm-hmm. the it's all found items um it's my journals i started ripping up my journals that i've had for 35 years so i uh, th- that was a good way to see words words i wrote that you'll never read <laughs> um i mean you may be able to read little phrases sometimes um in the work but yeah that's a big deal ripping them up and i have a feeling that my collage pieces i might even speaking about it right now that I might end up using that collage as a form for next year with family, maybe. Mm. Um, cause I haven't done any collage really this year, a whole lot, really any of that. Um, but yeah, it's all, it's stickers that didn't work out like, you know, misprints, but a lot of my journals really. So again, back to this year project this year, mm-hmm. why Anna Wintour? Uh, that, w- that came from, I had done a piece with Naomi Campbell many years ago with a series uh, I called Little Girls. And she, um, in that piece, Naomi Campbell was throwing soups at nobody. <laughs> um, and so when I did her as a sheep, when I did Naomi Campbell as a sheep, 
I go, who would she throw the can at? And it was immediate. It was Anna. That she was the only person because she's known for throwing things at yeah, people for getting angry. Yeah. <laughs> like and telephones. So I drew. Na- I had already drawn Naomi, and at some point, that moment, I really make sure that when an idea comes into my head, I actually draw it, sketch it on the spot. So I sketched her in my sketchbook, and that was it. As soon as I drew her, I knew that I could put Anna Winter in any scenario and it would be funny <laughs> that's very true you know like it, and and it, it, i started i actually started Is it just because she's so straight laced and she's yeah, always I, perfect and yeah <laughs> and i think that 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 sort of um so i started a coloring book kind of of coloring these little stories and from that i still didn't know i was going to devote my year to her but i kept doing the coloring book for myself which i feel like now can be something in itself because i have like 40 pages of these little story snippets of her in different scenes and um toward the end of the year was just like yeah like this is it do anna and in the process of nine months of doing her i realized that i i think I, we talked about this in, in in the article sold article how how i um i see a lot of m- myself in her and reminding myself not to take life seriously and just to like stripping away her her harshness Mm. you know and you cannot help but laugh at least for myself when i see her in these little scenes especially the wanted ones are like i think they're just so funny (laughs) well that's what caught our contributor la contributor echo parker's attention right Mm -hmm. she was just walking along one day and she said she saw uh, one of your Anna Wintors. Yeah, so, so do you think? Do you think, or have you heard? And she is said she Anna laughed out aware? loud. The what? Is Anna actually aware you know, these I actually exist? S- I sent her an envelope <laughs> to the Vogue office. Attention, Anna, with the whole thing, <laughs> and I a pink envelope, very branded, and thinking like I, she has to have somebody in her office had to have gotten the. Package. Well, I mean, they're in New York. They had to have seen them. Or, or somebody has to I have mean, She's familiar. had to have gone to lunch at Freeman's or something at some point, seen them herself, you have to wonder, or something. Right? At some point, it has to have, <laughs> has to have touched her, her... I don't know, that's coming yeah. way downtown. Or who knows, like, if somebody <laughs> did see it, like, if they would show it to her, like, hey, you know, somebody's doing something on you this whole year, like, and it's kind of funny, if she would be like, oh, does it matter? Or she'd be like, keep an eye on it. Because, you know, who knows? Because I'm also doing portraits of her all year long. Uh, every Friday I post a picture of myself as Anna Winter and <laughs> in a sheet mask. And that in itself, too, became I when I that idea came to me, like as far as. Um, uh, can I do 52 images for the year? And then it was like, yeah, just go with it. And now it's like I, I, I could do anything with her now. Funny story to like recently I was watching the US Open. They showed a picture. She came into the screen <laughs> And I was like looking at watching the game and she came by and I was like, it was weird seeing her on TV random because I was like, wait, that's me. Like, that's like, that's, it, it really was. I, She's I become your spirit animal. Yes, it felt, it felt like I was seeing my art on TV. Like she became art to me on TV. Because, you, you know, I watch videos of her and stuff and you, that's when you're doing it yourself. But to randomly see her appear like that on TV, I was like, it was a trip in my brain. <laughs> What would you do if you saw her just walking, walking on the street? The street? In, in I don't York. know if I, yeah, who knows what I do, but I still feel like at some point we're going to meet. We have yeah. to meet. And it's not a lot of like being a fan or being crazy. It's more like. It just has to happen. Just the universe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I feel like this is, it's this destiny. is like not, I, 
I wasn't sure how people would take her because if some people may not like her, they might be like, we can't stand on us. We're not going to buy any of your art or, you know, like, mm-hmm. but uh, at this point, it's not, it's just, it's silliness to me and it's fun and it's light. It's not making fun of her at all to mm-hmm. me, at least. It's oh, not I coming, don't believe it is. No. It's, it's just taking, it's almost like playing with a Barbie doll with Anna's Barbie and I get to dress her up any way I want. Well, and she's almost like a definition of an entire thing herself. Yes. She's an icon. Mm-hmm. She's not just Anna Wintour. Yes, mm. yes, exactly. She is the character of every fashion queen devil wears Prada. I mean, yes. it, she is beyond herself. Correct. She's already a caricature of herself yeah. when she leaves her house every day. Yeah. And I actually have learned to think that she's kind of funny a little bit now. Like when I watch her interviews on, on YouTube. You, if you do, something. you think she has a really she dry a sense, sense of humor. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I kind of get oh, it. No, I like think I've she kind of like, gets that yeah. people put her here and she's like. Because hmm. she says that she's actually, she thinks Americans aren't funny. You know, and that's coming from a, a somebody from the UK who has a different sense of humor. But if you can get to understand their humor, she's kind of funny. So, what are we showing off by bringing Dusty with us today? Dusty. This was a very uh, when when Erica said uh, he was joining you, I was like, uh, weird flex, but okay. Okay. No, we're talking about the project. We're talking about the the work that you guys are doing. But can we get into that? Do you want to say something first? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, let me bring this closer. Yes. Myself. <laughs> oh. Get closer. Hi, everyone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been shooting Ricky's work for I don't remember when it first popped up in New York for six, six years ago or so. Uh, but we've been in communication for a, a while. And uh, he's one of the many artists that I've been traveling around the world documenting for my documentary film, which is about uh, queer specific street art. So we've spent time in L.A. this yeah. summer. Cold I was there. Well, I was there for two weeks, but yeah, yeah. We, we we went on for a while. But it was fun. Yeah. In fact, that piece. Well, there's no cameras here, but the the, the <laughs> bridge one that you were just talking about with the god that mm-hmm. was Ricky was scaring me putting that up because it was on a crazy <laughs> bridge oh, over. No. That was a big deal to do actually because I hadn't done one that big with God. Hmm. So. Yeah, it's a very it's it, it's maybe hard to tell in some of the photos, but it's a very precarious. He actually had to jump up on the ledge that's over what was that over the L.A. River? No, yeah, it's the train LA tracks. River. Yeah, yeah, over the L.A. The river ditch. Yeah. Oh, he was giving me a heart attack. But uh, yeah. yeah, I have a bad leg too. So. <laughs> no shoes on. <laughs> I had no shoes on because my feet were sacrifice <laughs> for the arts. Yeah. Um, so yeah, was there any specific? No, no, yeah, just. Yeah. Just wanted to tell the story and what? draw some attention, and so yeah, no, I've been he, we've been spending a lot of time together. Uh, I've at this point interviewed like I think almost twenty something artists from around the world. So, um, and then certain artists have are uh, particularly interesting. So I like Ricky's work. I like how he codes uh, the queerness is coded in there that well, it could be accessible to non queer people. Queer people are definitely going to read it. And know what's happening in the mm-hmm. work um so yeah that to me is really interesting now how is it <clears throat> when you when you're doing a documentary about a topic how far off do you go on on the rails with one artist i go as far as any artist will go with me um when you're making a film the more you can get out of somebody the better uh the more time i can spend with them the better um, so 
usually I don't just show up in a city and just hang out with somebody. I've, I've tried to lay the groundwork before I even get there by quite a bit. Like we were chatting a lot and I do a lot of research to kind of understand them. And then I don't, we don't start filming right away. We usually go and hang out drinking out, yeah. and and it just helps you <laughs> one to get them comfortable yeah, the camera and your face is is difficult also you're trying to get people to talk about you want them to be comfortable and and you're ta- and you're trying my work the way i've always done my work um is to really kind of understand and observe artists and then kind of pluck out what i think is interesting happening in their work um so yeah and and pretty much every artist i have to be honest it's kind of kind of amazing. Every single artist that I've dealt with has been incredibly open and, you know, they share a lot with me, which I find really amazing. And quite frankly, I often find that queer artists uh, particularly are very thoughtful about the work they're doing. And I think it's because, uh, at least in my, my opinion is that I think queer people think about their existence a lot from a very early age. So there's a lot of thought into what you're doing because you've always been thinking about your own existence from the moment you knew that the kids, what kids were calling on the playground was true. Uh, and you were constantly questioning your, why are you like this? So I think that I've found that um, generally queer artists, they don't just say, say like, oh, I don't know, it's cool. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I never have that experience. There's like depth? There's depth. They're, they're thinking about Layers. it. Layers? Well, it's, it's not an art project. It, but there's, an, there's an intention. There's a very, right. very specific intention of why they're doing that. Um, an example would be like Edith in Copenhagen who paints full trains with very colorful uh, dicks and ass and there's like cum spewing and it's, it's, it's cartoonish and it's whimsical but it's also very gratuitous and in your face and I was really when I found that work I thought okay I'm going to Denmark and I'm going to interview this guy because this is really interesting but he explains that a lot of that work is not just um, isn't just to because ha 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 but to confront um, this silent, silent homophobia that we can say, oh, I, I like you, you're cool, I don't care about gay people, but you don't want to know uh, about how they have sex. So you can have a conversation with your friends and you can say, they can tell you something they were doing with a girl and then you tell them something you're doing with a guy and they get grossed out. And so there's this like homophobia, so his whole thing is sort of like f- flooding the streets with cum. Desensitizing. <laughs> so yeah. that it, it's normalized. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've lived long enough that I've seen a vast march towards normalization compared to like when I was a kid. I mean, I remember when it would have been totally, I mean, just there were no gay icons. They were there, but they, you didn't know they were gay. And it's not necessarily normalization as well. It's also that, um, just exerting your existence in the public sphere in a, in a, in a way that, uh, people have to, acknowledge your existence whether you're normal or whether people think you're normal is besides the point some artists make work that's for everybody some people don't care if straight people understand what they're doing well nobody's normal well yeah (laughs) i mean i mean that's the reality is is that nobody really is normal no they really are (laughs) so ricky how is it for you working with somebody like dusty and i this is first time we met today and it's a pleasure so far i've heard your name uh in and around sold for years uh, as as someone who was doing their thing, flying around the world, taking great shots, knows knows people. But Ricky, how is that for you now with someone who's doing their own work and you're just a piece of it? 
I, I, when I first, when he first contacted me uh, a few years back, I was like excited that I think it was just a book that he was considering. I don't think it was even a doc. And I was like, oh, yes, yeah, cool. You know, um, and then when he became the doc, I, I hadn't heard from him in a little bit. I was like, God, am I still in it? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know if I'll get emotional. I think what he's doing is the coolest, coolest thing for us as artists. Um, when I first started putting them out on the street, I wasn't sure if they were going to be accepted, even though they weren't overtly gay. There was it was still there, and I wasn't sure if like the the street art community, especially the, the men, would be like, oh, that's just whatever. And I felt my own self homophobia with it. Um, so I think with what he's doing, I think it's just the cool. I can't even thank him enough, really, for not myself, but for all of us around the world who are doing the work. I think it's just amazing. And do you think that that affects your work, seeing uh, that, that this level of inclusion, acceptance, promotion is there and it's yeah, turned towards you? Yeah. In some way, I think what sh- shifted for me was Orlando shootings, that when that happened, I realized that I, uh, even though I felt like I have always been out, I've never really kind of been like in the closet or censoring myself in any form, I realized that I did have my own self-homophobia where I was afraid to put something that was a little too gay you know like and now it's like fuck it I'll put whatever I want um and I think that came from that and um I think it's important it doesn't all have to be that for myself personally um that's not self-homophobia that's that's fear and distrust of other people yeah I guess so that's yeah that's that's different and I think that's a survival technique sure yeah I guess that's what it is I don't know yeah because I felt like sometimes even my personal life uh, my own personal life outside of the art sometimes I wouldn't wear maybe something that looked like because I didn't want to um not so much fit in because I never cared if I fit in but you didn't want to be harassed yeah exactly that's the word but then that that's sort of bad too because not sort of bad like that's sort of what I got from the land was like fuck it I'm gonna wear what I want and if I do feel afraid that's all part of living loud and being proud of who you are um, and I think that's sort of like I said it doesn't always my sheep doesn't always have to be that political but I can find it maybe with my family series next year it'll be more of that in some way in a different level that I don't even know yet <laughs> So let's talk a little outside of that project. Uh, where's the work going? What's next year looking like for you? Uh, I know you're talking about the uh, the, the the dream project mm-hmm. and the family project. Are those like you have timelines? You have thoughts on like also a solo show coming up? Yeah, the social on October fourth at Long Beach, and um, I think I mentioned in the article in sold art article that I had been let go of my job mm-hmm. of like seven, seven, 15 years. So, um, that was a big deal. You know, I'd worked for, I've worked for a company for 15 years and being let go was, uh, what do I do now? But I knew right off the bat that I'd be doing this. I'd already established a foundation. And so now it's like, uh, what am I going to do now? Like things are, you know, like I have to, something needs to happen for myself in a, a something um just to keep doing it long beach california Mm -hmm. yes correct you're gonna see echo parker out there yes yeah be filming i'm sure and uh you know what's interesting about that is that when i started it or when i was given the opportunity to be part of it i wasn't excited about the the space the it wasn't at a uh, at a named gallery 
and as I've worked on the project, I realized that just do it as if it was. I mean, this is you, you, you could do whatever I want, so I'm kind of excited that I've created a lot more work than I thought I was going to. Very cool. Which is really cool. Awesome. So, well, you want to give a, you want to name the gallery? And it's at uh, uh, Expo Art Center in Long Beach, and it's on October 4th. And uh, our contributor, the Echo, Echo Parker, Parker, she'll yeah. be there. Yes. So mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll she's see been, some. She's been like really, meeting her was a really cool, just random. You know, she just reached out to me randomly after seeing that sticker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and we met and that was it. We just really hit it off and uh, we get to spend time with each other. And the first day I, we walked out, when the first time I met her, she walked like seven miles with me. Wow. And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> that's a lot. That seven doesn't miles happen lot, in L.A., right? Well, that's a lot of miles for somebody that might not walk that much. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. that's seven miles for me is nothing. But for her, she did it. <laughs> I wasn't paying at the end. <laughs> that's a New York day of walking. I did 20 miles that's, two days ago. That's, yeah, that's my 20 average. Miles. Yeah. Wow. I average yeah. about seven and a half a day. Yeah. But it's a passion of mine. Walking is a passion. So, so about uh, the... What is the, the the Echo Parker series that she's working on? The I understand, but what the next? What what's what's next? Is she? You said she's shooting you. Well, we have one that? more article for like this next month, and so we're going to work on that, and then um, yeah, that'll be. In, uh, in, is it in, ending with the solo show that's yeah, happening yeah. October? I mean, 4th? I'll continue okay. the Anna series through the end of the year because it's a uh, it's three hundred and five. 365 images of her on a, a large scale piece, but um, yeah, it's gonna very cool continue to December 31st. Nice. Do we have any questions for Ricky before we let him go? That was a fast 35 minutes. Oh, it's great. I think I'm good. I yeah. just look forward to seeing more. I have one thing to say. I yes. love the new piece in Freeman. Of is it, are they ballerinas, dancers like can can dancers? They were like well, that was inspired by uh, <laughs> chic. I was Sheep. I was going to Paris or I went to Paris and I collect I create a whole bunch of images of Anna wearing different kind of couture dresses and that was a Christian Dior dress. Those are three of my favorites. The color, everything. I saw those this morning. They made me so happy. Yeah. yeah. And, and so the, I did, the Anna on the skateboard. So the one with the skateboard <laughs> was ins- that came from when I working with Dusty. Actually, I created a six foot piece of that same version in Freeman's. Uh, for the documentary. Oh, cool. And that was the biggest Anna piece I had ever put up, was the one with Dusty. Very cool. Well, Ricky, uh, thank you very much for coming in today. Uh, why don't you give uh, our listeners your Instagram where they can find your work and plug the show again? Cool. My uh, Instagram is littlericky001, and the show's October 4th at the Art Expo Center, and it's in Long Beach. Great. And thank you to Dusty Rebel for coming in. Thank you, Dusty. (laughs) And we are sold out.